0: chapter five of what the boys did over there by henry fox this librivox recording is in the public domain in the verdun sector by corporal frank j sears company a ninth infantry second division a e f in the winter of nineteen seventeen we found ourselves marching along a little road somewhere in france It was cold and dismal, and the hail came down in sheets, but we marched on and on. I looked at the fellow alongside of me and could not tell whether he was ready to laugh or cry. There was not much talking en route. I didn't feel much like talking myself and couldn't understand what made me feel so downhearted it was the day we all looked and hoped for our chance in the battle when we took over our sector one kilometre from st miel the french told us it was a quiet sector and to keep it that way the first four days we did not care how quiet it was so long as we were allowed down in the dugouts the shells whizzing past our heads annoyed us a little It being our first experience it took us a few days to become accustomed to our new home and the noise of bursting shrapnel we knew we were not going to stay there long in the American army we never do linger long in one place as there is no retreat in our army there was only one direction for us to follow and that was toward Berlin The idea of the French telling us to keep Verdun's sector quiet amused us, for while we had no desire to start anything for a few days, there wasn't a yellow man in our bunch. Yet we hesitated before we became accustomed to the noise to take our first chance at what we termed slaughter. However, one night, about seven days after we took over our sector with the French army, a Fritz sent over one of his 77 shrapnel shells, which wiped out our entire mess shack. That was a bad mistake on Fritzy's part, for it was a serious offense for anyone to tamper with the Sammy's chow. No matter how hard a night he has spent, he will always get up an appetite where there is anything to eat. That night we formed a raiding party. We crept out of the first line trench with three squads. It was our first entry into no man's land, and we had heard so many strange tales about this place, we shied at everything we saw. We split up into squads. Our password was to knock three times on the helmet. So we parted. I went off to the right with a squad. Each man covered his ground trying to find out whether the Hun had any intention of making a raid the next day. The trenches are protected by barbed wire fences, and when the Huns intend going over the top, they cut the wires on the previous night, and it was our duty to find out whether or not these wires had been cut. The barbed wire was okay on the ground we covered so we started back to meet the other squads We did not go far for about ten feet away We heard a noise which is something unusual on a raiding party in no man's land We stopped short and looked at each other We did not know what to do for as I have said this was our first experience one of the boys said to me, give them the signal. I knocked three times on my helmet, but received no reply, so one of the boys said he would creep over and investigate. But it wasn't necessary, because just then a skyrocket went up into the air. Every soldier knows that this means to get undercover quickly, for the rocket would light up the sky and make nice targets of us for Fritz. Luckily for us there was a shell hole to jump into for as soon as we laid low There came the pop 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 of the German machine guns We laid there in the mud through what seemed to us like an eternity, but which was in reality only about two hours However luck was with us and we finally crawled out of our hiding place and arrived behind our own lines once more Editor's Note. For his gallantry in this raid, of which he says nothing in the above article, Corporal Sears was awarded the Croix de Guerre by the French government. H. L. F. End of Chapter 5